you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks here in Mobile, Alabama. DJ Bucky Rhett with you up here in the press box. And guys, just finished the... uh, the first day of practice, and uh, Buck, just I guess go big picture takeaway here so far from what you saw. Look, really solid first day. I think the first day is always the toughest day to evaluate guys because they don't have on full pads, they just have on the shorts, and you have so many nerves that are kind of affecting the play. But overall, I thought the dudes that we expected to kind of show out flashed enough to make us be like, oh, okay, yeah, they're legit. Yeah, I, you know, coming from the NFLPA game a week ago, <laughs> first, first thing I, I noticed when I got here was – these are just flat out bigger dudes yeah. like these size wise height weight. I mean, these are some specimens uh, for sure. And so, I mean, it, you know, at the wideout position, Mims and Pittman, I mean, looking at those two guys, you know, cut above the rest uh, in, in that way. So just just kind of just kind of comparing, you know, from one from one environment to another and this is obviously the cream of the crop yeah no this is always a great week down here lots of great players we're going to get into talking about those guys here in just a second uh do want to give you a heads up though some fun interviews we're going to roll on today's episode uh we've got uh 
Dave Caldwell, the general manager yes. of the Jacksonville Jaguars. They've got a couple first-round picks. Uh, we've got our visit with him. Uh, we've got Terrell Lewis, the pass rusher, edge rusher, intriguing player from Alabama. He joined us. And the final conversation we're going to have is with Jordan Love, who's arguably the most intriguing player in the entire senior bowl. The most to gain, I would say, Buck, would you agree with me on this? The most he could help himself, uh, a guy could help himself, is Jordan Love. Absolutely. I, th I think he has the most on the line in this thing because he has to kind of wipe away uh, the feelings or what scouts feel about his final season. And the best way for him to do it is to play with a bunch of talented dudes and to show out and kind of change and rewrite the narrative that has kind of been written about him this season. And, and isn't one of the things that we want to see from him is, you know, we know he can make the wow yeah. plays, but want to see more of the consistent type of plays, even if they're not on that, you know, very much elite level. Let's just, let's just drive it, you know, a little more down the middle rather than, too far to the left. Well, you right. talk about driving it down the yeah. middle. To me, he has some. <laughs> he had some special throws, especially one on ones. He was very comfortable yeah. one on ones, uh, just airing out some deep balls. But, Buck, there's a hitch. There's a hitch in this one. It's ten mm -hmm. feet in front of the receiver. I mean, this is a this is a six yard hitch. This is junior high stuff. Right. And to me, when I was watching, we watched the replay of it. You saw it live, then we watched the replay of it. To me, it's almost like he's trying to pull back a little bit on his arm because it can be a little bit hot at times, but then his accuracy suffered. Yeah, I, I think the, the one thing, a couple of things I want to see from Jordan Love. One, I want to see him deliver it in the strike zone consistently. Two, I want to see if he can manage the game. Like the great part of playing quarterback or the thing that separates the good from the greatest, they understand how to manage the game. They understand situations. They understand when to take the check down, when to force it up the field. They play kind of connect the dots ball from the yeah. quarterback position. And I want to see if he has that ability in him because when you are a gunslinger and you are prone to kind of throw it up and let your guys get it, like that's great when it works out, but the turnovers also kind of prevent you from winning games. So I want to see if he can play winning football at the position. Yeah, I want to see him put a couple of, string a couple of plays together that make us go, oh, you know, instead of just the one every four plays. You know, like he had a couple of plays in team today, back to back. Uh, watched, might have been the play you were talking about, low ball on a, on a hook route, that was yeah, 10 yards, and then followed that up with a duck yeah. right in the middle of the field that probably should have been picked off. Yeah. So, you know, just kind of eliminating some of that stuff. Yeah, and they were even, you'd catch some of the talking points, the teaching points they were giving him. Um, he was trying, to his, in his defense, trying to throw some anticipation on some things. Yeah. You're like, look, you've got to hang, just hang that on your clear. back foot for a second, right. let it develop. It's an all-star game, not throwing guys open out here. Like, get on the <laughs> same page. So, we'll see how he does. A lot of times you see these guys improve as the week goes along. Uh, Want to get some, some other big picture takeaways, though, before we get to these interviews, Buck. Um, position group-wise, you know, when you kind of take it in, one day in, uh, what position to you uh, look the best out there today? It's funny, because Red talked about the wide receivers, and when yeah. you look at the wide, wide receivers in total. They're a pretty impressive group to me. Um, obviously, the last practice, we got a chance to see Michael Pittman do his thing, and to me, he strikes me as a legitimate number one receiver. Size, speed, the ability to catch the ball, and then just the physical nature with which he plays. Denzel Mims looked good as a route runner. And then on the other side, Van Jefferson, to me, is just really, wow. really impressive in terms uh, of just clean. He was the cleanest so route clean. runner. Just, just being, goodness, just being a terrific route runner, being able to do it. And we've seen it year after year after year. Somebody catches our eye down here, and then he goes on to have success in the league. Yeah. Van Jefferson is a guy that didn't hear a lot of buzz, but now I believe after people get their eyes on him amongst a big group, I think there's going to be a greater appreciation for him. 
And that's kind of where my eyes were drifting today was uh, I was kind of looking at the skill group guys, the wide receivers and the DBs. So on the DB side, you know, I came away from this game, as you guys well know, big fan of Lonnie Johnson last year yeah, right I mean, out of Kentucky. And so when I walked up and looked eye to eye with Lamar Jackson from right. Nebraska. I, knew, I already know where you're going. See, this is like this is this is why you're unofficially a scout, right? Because uh, Buck scouts have types. We all yeah, know he, has, types. he likes yeah. he likes He's him big with long arms. He likes his big yes. long corners. I, so, but then I, I left today thinking, all right, I'd like to see him, I'd like to see him make some improvement in the next couple of days. I, he's really good physically initially initiating contact, and then man, he can you know a wide receiver gets separation pretty quick after that initially. So I'd like to see him improve a little bit. I was impressed with the corner out of Notre Dame pride. Um, I thought he was really good in coverage today, especially in one-on-ones. Struggled a little bit in that one-on-one blocking drill, getting off some of the blocks of the receivers. So um, he was one I, uh, I was really interested in. And then I, I saw our guy uh, out of UCLA, um, Darnay, Darnay Holmes. Holmes. He was he's, competitive. He's competitive. He's twitched up. Man, he was competing he today. He did not win all his reps. He did not. But he was always in position, and he was fighting Feisty, like man. crazy. And to me, when I was watching him today, guys, I'm glad you brought that up, Brett, yeah. because to me, that was like, okay, this is got, he's got nickel temperament. Like yes. To be a nickel, not Absolutely. only do you have to be quick yeah. and, and be able to mirror inside, you're a force player a lot. You've got to be competitive. There's some dirty work to do in there. He looked like he might be up to the challenge. Well, he, yeah. he, he is very competitive, very feisty, and I think for him coming down here because he spent most of the season battling the, the, the ankle injury, the yep. lower leg injury, he needed to kind of let people know when he's healthy what kind of player he was. And Nagy mentioned that. Nagy mentioned that. He wanted to see a little bit of that feistiness. He didn't necessarily see it on tape all year long. Last guy I'll mention is maybe was maybe the loudest guy on one-on-ones today. Uh, and that was A.J. Green out of Oklahoma State. Um, he was letting everybody know that even if they caught the ball, it was either, one, uh, lucky, or, uh, two, <laughs> it wouldn't happen again. So uh, I'll, I'll be excited to see if he continues his streak tomorrow. I'm just glad that you actually talked about Darnay Holmes because the other two guys you talked about are over six, one and a half. Here, so in order for I, and look, I give some love to somebody under six foot. I will say the Iowa corner stood out to me. Yeah. Michael, you have to tell me how to say his last name. Oh, oh Jamudia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you sure, we'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he, he kind of stood out to me just in terms of just oh, how Jamudier. smooth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jamudia. Yeah. Uh, oh, Jamudia. Just in terms of how smooth and how fluid he was on the corner. He's a guy that was impressive. Yeah. All right, you guys are watching the go, skill guys. I, I was watching the big guys, and I thought, man, the defensive tackle group, I can roll through some names. We saw Ajim at uh, – or I saw him last week at, yep. the, uh, at the game down there in Florida – at the East-West game. He came in here. I thought he did a nice job. Jason uh, Strobridge from North Carolina, your school buck, had a really good day, very active. Uh, Neville Gallimore, who we spoke with mm-hmm. the other day, he's explosive and twitched up. He had a big day. But to me, the best two in show um, were in the SEC, and I think what's what we expected. Uh, Javon Kinlaw is the best player here in this entire game. Did not disappoint. Rare, rare size, length, explosiveness. And then the other one, and we talked about him as well, Marlon Davidson. Marlon Davidson rushed when one over the tackle, over the guard, and over the center. <laughs> it was like literally, it was like everybody get a little bit. Everybody who wants some, you want to get some, I'll give you some too. Yeah, I mean, look, he, he's a very, very impressive dude. And um, I think the thing that, that stands out to me when you're here uh, is the first time some of these guys get a chance to play good on good. Mm-hmm. And when you see these guys have these one-on-one reps and they're able to consistently dominate, like years and years ago, we talked about Aaron Donald and the show that he put on. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, Montez Sweat, the show that he was able to put on. Each year when you have the best guys, they kind of have a tendency to kind of rise to the top. And so you talk about Ken Law and Davison, those guys certainly lived up to the hype that kind of preceded their arrival. I'm also going to wear his shorts tomorrow. 
I mean, tomorrow great. here. That's tight, what I'm man. doing. Tight. Nice licks. Show John Stockton warm the same way. It did not look like that. <laughs> no, Dan, you're right. You're absolutely a little different. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get some of these interviews here. Yes. Some uh, some fascinating conversations. We mentioned at uh, the top there, one of the more interesting players in the entire draft happens to be here in Mobile. We got a chance to visit with Jordan Love. Uh, Jordan, I would guess the, the first question you're probably getting from most teams as you talk to them, uh, the difference uh, between whole new si- situation with you from last year to this year, a bunch of new players, new coaching staff, how was the transition for you? Yeah, um, I just describe it as it was a grind, it was work, um, obviously losing coaching staff, getting a new coaching staff in, um, you know, losing nine of the 11 starters on offense, so um, it's like the whole summer, whole season, I mean, it's been a grind, you know, just trying to get get it where it needs to be, get the offense where it needs to be, um, you know, at just where we can, you know, perform at a high level. Um, I feel like it started coming together towards the end of the season. Um, you know, we just some, like I said, we were just working on all season, trying to get it to that level. So, so and, and thinking about the adversity that you face, like trying to get so many new guys on the same page, it'd be very, very similar to being a high draft pick and coming into a situation that has been downtrodden. Why would your situation in Utah State help you be a better pro? I think it would help me a lot. You know, obviously just the adversity I had to face. Um, throughout that year and then, um, you know, handled it. Um, you know, we went seven to six, obviously didn't have the season we wanted to have, but, uh, you know, we, we did some good things this year, but uh, obviously it, it relates, you know, to same situation coming into a new, um, you know, team, new coaches and new players, new faces. You got to learn all that. So um, similar situations. Bucky hit on that word adversity. Uh, a lot of times you go back through and look at guys you got right or guys you got wrong. A lot of times, Kids haven't been through any adversity at the college level, even on the field, off the field. The first time that hits in, in the NFL level, they don't know how to handle it. You've had tremendous adversity, as you mentioned, on the field. Also, you had tremendous adversity off the field. Um, how were you able to get through some of those difficult moments? Yeah, I mean, I've had, like, look at my life, I've had a lot of adversity in my life. Um, obviously, my dad passing away when I was 14, that was, you know, that was the biggest step of adversity that I had to face and, um, you know, handle that. And the way I look at it, I mean, I can handle that. I can handle anything else. Um, nothing's going to be as hard as that was. So, um, you know, all these other things, are they're, they're minor things. Um, so, um, yeah, like I said, I, I can handle adversity. It's something that, you know, um, I, don't, I wouldn't want to happen. But, you know, if that situation comes about, I can handle it. You know, I think about handling things. We've seen uh, the National Football League is undergoing an evolution at the quarterback position. We're seeing more guys with athleticism and these traits where they can run it. Looking at your background, you played basketball, you dabbled in gymnastics when you were little. How would those other sports help you be a better player at the next level? Yeah, I think it all ties into, I mean, your athletic ability, you know, just the more you can do, uh, the better you're going to be, you know. Um, they have different elements, you know, to, um, being a leader in different areas of sports. Um, you know, some are individual sports, some are team sports, you know, you just got to learn. Um, but I think, you know, the more sports you can play, the more, you know, of an athlete you can be, the more, you know, diverse you can be, so. Hold up, man. I, gymnastics, I got to know more about gymnastics. <laughs> what, what, Tell me, like, what, what, like, is this like I can do like a cartwheel, a somersault, or is this like, are we talking like back handsprings? Like, what are we talking about? No, nah, this is when I was real little. Um, my sister, she was really, my little sister, she was really good at gymnastics. So, um, you know, my mom, she was like, you know what, put you in gymnastics for a little bit. So I yeah. tried it for a year. Um, definitely not something that. Uh, okay, so we got to oversell this. I think I got Mary Lou Retton over here. No, and then, I, you know, it's just you doing a somersault as a four year old. They tried class. to put me in the, in the splits and I couldn't do it. And I was like, you know, this is, this is the breaking point. 
for me. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to go. Ahead and go. <laughs> Tried it. <laughs> so it's funny because I'm sure you will hear this as we continue to go forward. We talked about the evolution of the National Football League. Um, there have been some comparisons made between you and Patrick Mahomes. When you've seen Patrick Mahomes, is there any little bit of his game that might be in your game? Yeah, I mean, I just look at a guy like Patrick Mahomes. I mean, crazy arm strength, you know, crazy, you know, just ability to throw the ball, you know, different angles and stuff like that. I think I have that. Um, you know, that's where I see similarities and, uh, you know, just, you know, make plays, you know. Um, you know. Like I said, throwing, you know, sidearm, you know, throwing crazy deep passes, just being able to make plays. I mean, that's where I think you can compare us. And uh, I feel like that, you know, I'm comparable to him in that aspect. Well, the first tape that I watched studying over the summer was watching you against Michigan State last year. Yeah. Uh, you had a throw in that game that's as good as anybody's had in this entire draft. That's one of the best throws that I've ever seen against Michigan State, one down the field. Um, can, can you recall, A, what the play call was, what you saw, and, and how you executed on that one? Which, which play are you talking about? That's uh, a deep one. I want to say you were rolling to, rolling that. to, the, left. to the left. Okay, rolling yeah, to the yeah. left and throwing to the left. I was. So, yeah, I mean, um, the play, it was 69 post. So, I mean, I had my post wheel uh, from the outside shears. I had a stick route from uh, number three. Uh, so I got off that, you know, um, DN, you know, beat the tackle inside. So I had to get out the pocket, started rolling, saw my wheel downfield, you know, kind of just threw a sidearm. Um, uh, ended up not, not being able to complete the catch. Um, yeah, so. It was ridiculous. So now there's, I want to ask you about one more because I'm watching the LSU game this year. I want to say it's right before, it's in the second quarter, towards the end of the second quarter, you hit a corner route going over to the left that mm -hmm. was dropped in that game as well. Uh, you remember what that what the call was there and, and, and what you saw? I, unfortunately, all these highlights don't end with the guy catching the football, Jordan, but they were amazing throws. I can't even think. You said a corner route? I believe it was a corner route. It was about two or three minutes before halftime. I think this one you were going to the right and hit a, and hit a corner route down mm, the field. I know, I know during the LSU game I had scrambled to the right uh, on one. Um, you know, Might even have been a post coming yeah, across. It was, it was, I know one. It was a, it was a slant, and I, when I scramble, he uh, my receiver CLC kind of uh, turned it into like a deep kind of kind of like corner. Corn, yeah, threw it over top, but he actually he caught it. Did he catch he, that yeah, one? He was one handed. Okay. Uh, okay. He hurt his shoulder on that play, but yeah, no, that was uh, okay. that's one we're talking about. No, that was a. That was a good one. I think it might even have been a post that had been dropped in that game at some point. Over the middle, yeah. Yeah, so all the things that you guys are describing, just in listening to the conversation, it speaks to a gunslinger's mentality. Mm -hmm. And gunslingers are ones who are fearless, they're courageous, they continue to throw in the tight windows regardless of turnovers and the like. How do you maintain that aggressive mentality even if you've had some mistakes early in the game? Yeah, um, so yeah, I mean, being a gunslinger, you know, um, especially going off this year, I know a lot of mistakes. Um, but, you know, you just got to be able to, you know, stay confident and, you know, that I can make the throws. Um, obviously, just situational, get smarter um, on decisions I need to make, you know, not force the ball when I don't need to, but, you know, still have just that confidence to be able to make those throws. Man, it's been fun to watch you, you know, continue to grow. I know this year you talk about all those new pieces around you. Um, but look, we can't we can't judge what the other results are. We can judge how you perform, man. You're an exciting player to watch. Is there any is there any one goal this week here at the Senior Bowl you're looking to get accomplished? Um, honestly, I just want to show you know what I can do. Um, I think a goal for me, you know, is just be able to learn this offense and uh, you know perfect it. Um, obviously, it's going to be something new, being under center and stuff like that. Something I didn't do at Utah State, but something that I can do, and I just want to be able to show that I can do it. You know, I just look forward to um, getting you in a pro system. So when you think about the opportunity to play in a pro-style system, something that's different than what you were at Utah State, what do you think the challenges will be this week in learning a new offense, and how do you expect to overcome those challenges? Mm, I'm not sure what. You know, I 
obviously the challenges for me just obviously just learning the plays. Um, I don't think that's something that'll be a problem with me just being up learning in a quick time. But uh, um, I think the football part, I think I'll be fine with that. I don't think I'll have any challenges with that. So just go out there and play. Well, we're looking forward to it, man. Thank sure. you for your time today. We'll be catching up with you probably at the combine and your pro day all the way through the, the whole process. Yes, Thanks, man. Thank you. All right, there you go. I mean, uh, Buck, listening to Jordan Love, I think he's got his head in a good place coming into this week. Um, you know, we talked to him before the first practice. I actually got a chance to visit with him after this practice. He knows he needs to clean up some of the timing things, and, and hopefully we see steady progression through the week. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the thing. Uh, look, I am always with quarterbacks going to give them the full benefit of the doubt until they get to the game. After last year watching Daniel Jones kind of struggle early but then turn it on late uh, and win MVP of the game, I think you have to give them that that opportunity to develop the chemistry and the rapport with their wideouts, get comfortable learning a new offense, and to kind of settle in so they can show us their talents. Yeah, I'm excited to see the improvement. I mean, I think that's something that we can throw into our evaluation as well. How do they take coaching? How do they take it and then bring it back out on the field later in the week? Yep. Something to look forward to there uh, with Jordan Love. We're going to get to another player interview in just a minute, but let's uh, let's go to our conversation that I had uh, with Jacksonville Jaguars general manager David Caldwell. Going to be a very interesting offseason for that franchise. And Dave, a fascinating year for you guys. You, you have a great rookie class. The season doesn't necessarily go the way that you want. And then you mix in a, a big-time trade that you make during the fall. What was the, what was the season like for you? Well, uh, there was a lot of adversity, I'd say that. You know, when you, we start the season with your quarterback you spent all offseason with, and uh, he goes down after 11 plays into the season. And uh, I think majority of people felt like hope was lost at that point in time. And then all of a sudden we have this player, Gardner Menchu, that was at the Senior Bowl last year and uh, comes in and uh, – uh, had pl- plays tremendous football for a rookie quarterback, and um, this is a kid that had over 20 touchdown passes, very low interception rate, and um, really won more games than any rookie quarterback in this class. So we were excited about that. It wasn't the only rookie contributor. Obviously, your first round pick. Uh, I want to go back to the draft because I remember watching it unfold and thinking, I cannot believe Josh Allen is falling in your lap at sure. this point in time. Was there a feeling? When, when did you guys realize that this is the legitimate possibility that he was going to be there when you picked? Well, there, we felt like there was two trigger points in the um, in the draft, and that was the Raiders and it was the Giants. Yeah. And uh, we felt like if the Giants were going to go quarterback, that we would get a good positional player to come to us, whether it was Josh Allen or somebody else. And then, obviously, the Raiders were an unknown. So if they bypassed on Josh, we felt like Tampa was going to go linebacker and then coming to nine that he would have been there for us. So um, it was uh, – kind of a scenario that we didn't think was likely to happen and there was always a chance of teams kind of jumping up in front of you for obviously for a pass rusher that you felt like could be a guy that could contribute for a long period of time. Do you know how sometimes when you get those guys out their first rookie mini camp sometimes that you know right away other times it takes a while you get into training camp at what point in time did you realize okay this guy's as advertised well josh was interesting because he got hurt in our rookie minicamp <laughs> so, <laughs> so we were like oh here we go again but uh it was it was a minor deal and you just needed some rest and uh, like a lot of these rookies they, they go on the whole banquet tour for you know the, the spring and they come into rookie minicamp and not in top shape and no fault of their own um, but we had to rest him through really a lot of OTAs and, and in the training camp and bring him along slowly. And, and he, he came along a little bit slower than probably you would have liked out of your first-round pick. Yep. But then when he hit the ground running and come week one, uh, he actually had a, a sack, I think, in week one that got called back. It was a sack fumble on Patrick Mahomes. And then um, and then he just kind of took off. And then under the tutelage of Calais Campbell and uh, Yannick Ngakwe, mm-hmm. uh, those three guys really got after the passer well this year. 
We'll talk to you a little bit about team building philosophy because uh, we saw this nugget the other day. I thought it was fascinating. They track you know with the GPS with the next gen stats, you know, speed with the ball in your hands, and the two fastest teams in the NFL are the two teams playing in the Super Bowl. Sure. Uh, you've got a, a team with a lot of athleticism, a lot of speed, but is that continue that focus continue to, to narrow in as you're saying these teams that run are the good teams? Well, absolutely. You have to have speed on both sides of the ball, and and when you see where the direction the game's going, and you see great talented quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes that can that can get out of the pocket and uh, Lamar Jackson and in our division Deshaun Watson and Ryan Tannehill mm-hmm. and all those guys can move and, and, and hurt you on, on their feet so you have to better have somebody to chase them down yeah. and then on the offensive side of the ball the same is uh, you have to have playmakers and guys that can put the ball in the end zone. No doubt. I want to get to the, to the trade real quick. Jalen Ramsey obviously organizational decision you guys decide to move on from a great player that you selected. With it comes a nice return though so I know it's, it's hard to not play with him during the season but at this point in time, you look at this draft class, you've got a lot of capital. Um, what are you looking to get accomplished in this offseason? Obviously, we, we need to make the most of it. We lost a, a great player and, and a guy that, um, that that played great football for us. He's a three-time pro bowler. And uh, obviously, you never want to see those guys leave your building. But uh, it is what it is, and, and he did. And, and we weren't going to do it unless we felt like we can get capital where we can get become a better team in the future with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, it was a tough decision. It was something that uh, everybody was involved in. And at the end of the day, um, we feel good going into this draft, the next draft, with a lot of extra capital. Well, there's a good bunch of good players here. Uh, when you look at guys like Debo Samuel playing in this, this game last year, coming out and having a big-time impact, your guy, Gardner Minshew, mentioned him, the impact he's had. Um, how, how has it become easier for these younger players where it used to be a you know, two, three-year process to get them up and running where you're seeing immediate impact right away? That's a fair question. And, and I... I don't know if it's uh, if it's the game in college has kind of transformed into the NFL or if it's just opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I think these guys just given the opportunity and they make the most of it. And uh, you know, sometimes uh, back when we first started scouting, that your first round pick would barely even play. You know, <laughs> oh, and they, they would have. Terrell Suggs didn't yeah, start for us. That's so. right. So um, so it w- and and then second round pick maybe he might play a little bit as now you're trying to look at your first first, second, third round picks coming in and, and being impact players for you. So I think it's probably that a lot of teams have needs and these guys are getting opportunities. Uh, we, we've asked a bunch of college coaches. We've got fascinating answers on this. Was um, the best high school football player that you have ever seen? So yeah. the, these guys and the names have been unbelievable. We've heard Allen Iverson was was one of them. Sure. Frank Gore for anybody that recruited down in that area of the country. Everybody says Frank Gore for yeah. what he was. Um, how about you though? We can do it either high school or college. But just somebody you saw as a young player that was the best at that age that yeah, you've seen. That's fair. Well, I remember seeing Jadavian Clowney's highlight tape when he was a senior in high school, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, we were in Atlanta at the time, and I. I was like, I, I'd take him right now. Um, but um, that was one that really stuck out to me. And then college, I'd have to go back just as a player. Boy, Reggie Bush, I mean, when oh, we were yeah. scouting USC back yeah. in the day, he was uh, – I overgraded him, by the way, did you? I, I think everybody probably overdid, but uh, <laughs> but you can't take away what he did at USC and, and, and his talents there. Yeah, he was phenomenal. He's still the most electric college football player yeah. uh, that I've ever seen. All right, last thing, then I'll let you run here. Senior Bowl week here in Mobile – um, you have a favorite spot. Like, what is your what is your uh, staff spot or, or your go to every year down here? That's a fair question. Probably Wenzel's. I would say. Okay. You know, I yeah. think uh, I think that's the although oysters. For, although, for, oysters although for or? me, it's not because I'm allergic to shellfish. So. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> but I enjoy the uh, the camaraderie and the um, the atmosphere there, and it, it's a great place, and it's a. It's a, it's a historic land landmark. Here. Do we know if the Cowboys still take over Ruth's Chris? Do we know that? I'm sure they do. I think I'm that's sure Jerry's they, spot. Everybody's yeah. got their spot yeah. down here. Although man. recently I've been going to Ruth Chris once. Uh, I try to get together with a couple of GMs across the league, and we'll do it tonight. And 
It seems like there's a lot of NFL personnel there. Well, if I don't see him here, just do me one favor because Marty Miller, one of your scouts and one of our good for lifelong yeah. friends here, got me into the Mediterranean Sandwich Shop right. down Dolphin Street, and it's been my go-to for like 10 years. Well, you won't see him here. Okay, so he's not going to be here. Well, when you talk to Marty, tell him that I'll be having my hummus in his honor. He has to make it back from Hawaii. We sent him, We gave him oh, the, the honor of going on. to the Hula Bowl oh, this year. Geez. So. Jeez, Marty, really roughing it there. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. No problem. Thanks, Daniel. Well, Rhett, when you yeah. look at the Jags and what they're able to accomplish, I know the record wasn't great. I know some people were probably surprised that, that David Caldwell was brought back. And Doug Marone. Doug Marone and, was yeah, brought sure. back. But when you look at this recent draft class, you look at the capital they have based off the Jalen Ramsey trade, this could be a quick turnaround there in Jacksonville. Well, especially because of the talent that, that's there. And uh, you talked about, uh, I think in your mock draft, you had them going defense once again, yep. right? In the back end and pairing them with Josh Allen. And I mean, and then then once again, you're talking about a defense with a ton of high-end talent, even though uh, they've jettisoned some of that in the last uh, year or two with Jalen Ram- Ramsey gone. So um, I, I'd love to see, you know, a, a little more uh, playmaker, a few more playmakers on the offensive side of the ball as well. But yeah, I mean, this is a team with, with the talent to get right back into the things. I'd like to see him find an identity and stick with it, uh, whatever that identity is on offense. I mean, you went from a team that was kind of a ground-and-pound team to then they kind of wanted to throw it around the yard a little bit with Nick Foles and Garner Minshew. So can they find an identity that suits their talent, and can they do it quickly in a year? Can they do it in this offseason and then put it on play on field? Because obviously Doug Marone, David Caldwell, they're kind of on the hot seat entering the season. Yeah, well, they've got one player they need to try and lock down. Yannick Ngakwe is up, who's yeah. been a very, very good football player. Sounds like for them. that was a priority <laughs> with Dave. No not, doubt. And rightly so. No doubt. A, a, an outstanding pass rusher. However, if you want to add some more pass rushers to the stable there, an interesting guy you might think of is, is a guy in Terrell Lewis. Flashes of him early in his career at Alabama, but mm-hmm. has not been able to stay healthy. This year, finally made it through the whole season. It wasn't what he wanted to put out there, but you could see the glimpses of what he can become. And it was one of the reasons we wanted to sit down with him. Here's our conversation with Alabama edge rusher Terrell Lewis. All right, Buck, excited to be joined by one of the best athletes in this year's draft class, regardless of position, and Terrell Lewis. And uh, Terrell, first of all, just love to know the, the adversity that you've been able to go through during your college career. And some people might look at that as a, as a negative, but how has that helped you in the long run? Uh, I think it played a tremendous effect on me as a learning curve, like as far as just learning a lot from it, going through it, and kind of it teaches you a lot more off the field than on, to, in my opinion, just as far as going through it, learning the process of things, and just making sure if you set a goal you want to achieve it, you're going to have to basically persevere through all the adversity you go through. And so going into your, your final season, you're finally able to get back on the field. What were some of the things that you wanted to display to scouts? And did you feel like you accomplished all that you wanted to on the field? Yeah, def- I wanted to display that I was durable, you know what I'm saying? Obviously, lasting throughout the whole season, then also just being able to compete at a high level consistently and show that, okay, he's back to being his normal self as far as competing-wise. He's competitive, obviously, and then just being able to show scouts that I'm versatile as far as being able to play at the edge, play my hand in the dirt, play standing up um, as a rushing end, um, rushing at a three technique at times, getting, making plays from there, playing stack backer, playing in, uh, basically a mic linebacker and dime and dropping in coverage, making plays and tackles in space. So basically just show off my versatility, show off my durability and uh, just show my ability to basically compete 
and always want to win. So I want to know who your favorite basketball player is because I'm looking at you and how long and rangy and athletic you are. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's some people wanting, man, how did you not even end up on the hardwood as athletic as you are? So who, who was your favorite basketball player before we get to football player? Kobe. Kobe? Yeah. Why? His mentality. Just, yeah, Mama I, mentality. Yeah, him. That's kind of, he played a part in why I wear 24 along with it being like my little sister's birthday. It was August 24th. But I always honor Kobe, like the way he go about his business, the way he, you know what I'm saying, attacks things and he thinks about the game deeper than just, oh, I'm better than you. It's, it's like a lot of fine details that makes it, like, every, you can tell with Kobe, every decision is calculated when he plays, and that's kind of how I try to approach the game. So now a few years ago, didn't Nick Saban have Kobe mm-hmm. yeah, talk? So how yeah. impactful was that uh, yeah. with you? If you ask anybody, that was probably the only person that I met in person that really made me feel like a fan. So <laughs> when I met him, I... Even when he was like uh, kind of talking to us, I was asking a bunch of questions because at the time I was going through my injury and I was trying to kind of pick his brain about how he deal with his body, how he feels about injury, stuff like that. And then afterwards, getting to meet with him, talk to him a little bit while we took a picture and stuff like that, that was awesome too. And then kind of tell him like, hey, you know what I'm saying, I read your book, stuff like that, all the, all those type of things. It was cool. It just kind of made me feel like a little kid. That's phenomenal, man. I, I, I enjoyed watching it this year. And we saw you talked about being durable, being out there, and being available for your team. When I talk to folks back at Alabama, they say, look, yeah, he got back on the field, but he's there's still a lot more. Like yeah. you, you can take this thing to a whole nother level. What does that mean? Um, to me, that means a lot. Cause I truly feel like it, I'm, I'm nowhere near the ceiling that I, you know, what I'm saying that I have potential-wise as far as working, working my way back. I feel like this is my first year back being on the field for a full year, and it's been a minute since I played that long, basically. So, I think knowing that. I know my potential is so much higher, and then going through what I went through, I learned so much as far as how to attack the process, how to play a long season, stuff like that, learn my body, stuff like that. So I think I learned so much to where it's nothing but room to grow, basically, for me, especially going through all that type of stuff. So one of the things we hear uh, frequently come out of Alabama is trust the process when it comes to the way you guys go about your practice week. So taking what you learned at Alabama, how do you apply those principles to this week down to the senior ball? Um, just knowing that basically every day is a daily grind, um, especially Alabama early on. I feel like this kind of this environment kind of makes you feel just like a freshman at Alabama again, being around a bunch of talented players, being around a bunch of guys that they're the best at their school, best in their area, best in their conference, stuff like that. It makes you feel like you're back at Alabama when you first walk into campus and you meet everybody and you're like, oh, okay, he's this is the top guy from so-and-so. And he was the Armour uh, All-American, stuff like that, five-star. So just being in that environment, you're kind of prepared to go go compete against the best athletes, and you're not really, in a sense, nervous about it. You kind of embrace the challenge and kind of just ready to compete. All right, well, we talked a little bit before we went on, and, and trust me, the offensive line is not going to see this because we're going to hold it until then. But you said you're going to hit him with a little speed to power in the first one-on-one rep. Mm-hmm. So... I want you to just do us a solid because we'll be, you know, Bucky will be down there on the sideline. I'm going to be up there in the booth looking down on you. But after you win that first rep with speed to power, I, just a little pat of the chest. And we know you're talking about <laughs> us. Okay? We know. A little dedication. Because they're not going to be ready. They're not, they're not going to be ready for it. All right. Yeah. We cannot wait to watch you compete, man. You're a fun player. Appreciate it. Nice job. 
Well, Red, I know the you know, first day was not, uh, you know, it wasn't a great showing for Terrell Lewis. I think he'd yeah. probably like to be a little bit better, and we'll see how he goes through the week. But man, he might be the first one off the bus. That is a pretty Again, looking dude, yeah. man. We, we had, uh, we've talked about those those first guy off the bus types. We had one over at the NFLPA game and a D2 prospect. I mean, this mm-hmm. then coming in here and seeing Terrell Lewis, it's like, my goodness. Um, I mean, kind of reminds you of the Tano uh, Passigno, yeah. you know, out of Villanova yep. a little while ago. Those, those those type of guys that just look the part. Now, you know, can you do more than pass the eye test? and we'll Make see some plays. Yeah. Need to see him make some plays, Buck. Yeah, that's the big thing. Like, you, you need to see him make plays. You need to see him kind of show up. To me, I thought he was a guy that uh, they didn't allow him to fully rush to pass. I saw him dropping coverage, and that – certainly wasn't very, very natural for him. I think the big thing is going to be for a scout and a coach to be able to kind of have a clear plan for what they want to Where do, do with him. Where do you want to put him? How do you yeah, want how, to get how him do you in, want to use down him? Down in, down out. How, does he, how do you max out his talents? How can he fit? Uh, I think for a lot of people, fit and scheme is important, but for him it's really, really important. Well, boys, I think we made it through day one here. It's great to catch up with you guys awesome. after practice. We got to let's put the pads on, shall we? I mean, let's go full, let's full pad. Mm-mm. We'll have no some pads. fun here. No pass, no pass, no pass for me. We don't have to pass. We can thud up. We don't need to. We don't need to pad up. We can thud up. <laughs> but it is fun, man. It's one of our favorite weeks. Great having all of us together here. We're always in uh, different locations, so to be yeah. all together is great. Uh, we've got Bartlett here, you know, running the show yeah. here along with Nabil. Uh, well, let's be honest, Nabil's running the show. He Bartlett's is. just yeah, hanging he's out. Just, he's, he's sitting really in the just hanging out in the corner. I mean, he's it is. He it is what it is. How he can get to That's Miami because he's there's no pit, there's no Pitt State players here yeah. this year. So, Nabil, how did the Packers yeah. season end up? I'm sorry. Oh I wow. I yeah. <laughs> well, you can't see him right now, but he just fainted. Okay? <laughs> he just he just fainted. We love you, Nabil. We love you, Nabil. All right. All right, man. Yeah. That's gonna do it for us here. Thank you guys so much for downloading the show. If you have any questions for us, again, leave them. Uh, Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, drop a question there. We'll be sure to answer it in an upcoming episode. We'll see you next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at Let'sMakeAPlan.org.
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.